Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. Don't know the time, wait. Just wait it on, yeah. One of a kind, yeah. What's on your mind, yeah. What hard to find, yeah. Beautiful mind, yeah. Still in my prime, yeah. Just know that I'm here. What's up, guys? Pond Off Synonymous, episode 27. Uh, and here we are. Huh, Jeff? Here we are. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., and um, six months ago, this would have been, or I don't even know if we've been on the, doing this for six months, but three months ago, this would have been maybe a very easy, fun podcast to do, Right. but some things have changed uh, regarding uh, our guest that's on with us today, and uh, it may make it a little bit more difficult than I had imagined, because without making her feel guilty um at all she's leaving quite the hole in 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 my heart and and my wife's heart my son's heart my dog's heart my we don't if we had a pet hamster my pet hamster's heart <laughs> i think your hamster would be okay <laughs> you're going to make me cry right off the bat my, this isn't fair if i had oh. a beta fish well maybe we won't go there <laughs> That's too soon, Chris. Too soon. Evie, Evie Martin is our guest today. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure. I I can't believe it's taken me twenty seven episodes. I mean, for for such a big (laughs) hole in your heart, I feel like that's a lot of episodes. You have to wait to be your guest, but I'm here and I'm happy to be here. Jeff, she. She not only gives it back to me, she often uh, one-ups me. And Yeah, she's good. It's not a whole lot of people that I've come across that can do that. Um, not that I'm good. You have to have high levels mm-hmm. of trust. Like, you have to have high levels of trust in one another to do that. So. Um, Ashley's upstairs <laughs> with strict instructions on this on this particular interview to let you talk. Do not mansplain. That's good. And, and try to. I'm not worried. About this. Uh, I'll right. shut you down. I, I, that's what I told her. I go. I think she can hold her own. And then not. She doesn't want me swearing or are telling too much, too many past stories that aren't a- appropriate. So I go. Well, that's oh. the whole podcast, Ashley. I don't know what <laughs> you want me to do here. So for those of you that don't know, Evie, uh, the the for our six listeners, Evie, there, um, <laughs> there's. Uh-huh. Important people. It, Evie has been um, a pastor at the gathering for how long? Six years. Six years. And yeah. And I don't know. I mean, part of my story is I've been sober for just over six years. So, I so six years has been my like dedication to the to the church and to really to Jesus. And so there's some parallel there, and I think that's probably explains. Uh, why she's been so important to to me personally. Um, we have a large church uh, at the gathering, and th- but it's broken up into sites. Um, for those of you listening that don't know, spread out through St. Louis. 
and the site that I go to that I met my wife in that we it just it did life in uh, was the one that Evie was the lead pastor for for the last at least four years right and um so i I was explaining to some people the other day that i I didn't grow up going to church uh religiously pardon the pun i mean the, I hit the big holidays right um every once in a while i would my mom would really rattle the troops in our house and say we're going, but it just was hard to do that um so go so I didn't really have a connection with a with a pastor, uh, which I wish I now would have, we we had one, you know, growing up, I don't know if it's just because it's a, growing up in an Italian neighborhood, my f- parents, my father in East St. Louis grew up in a parish, right? Um, which I think is a fancy way for a neighborhood in the, in the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's like a geographical region within proximity sure. of the church itself. So, yeah. It's a right. Catholic word. <laughs> uh, it's funny. My aunt, who lives in Staten Island, uh, she she Catholic mass. Just that's all it is to her. And she came to our to she came when she visited to church. And I remember her telling you how much she loved your parish, and how yes, yes, I, I can hear <laughs> translation and how beautiful mass was. <laughs> Yes. In fact, it was. <laughs> I remember her taking the wine cup out of your hand in communion and to take a sip of it. That's right. That's right. That I does bet. happen from time to time, which most a lot of Protestants don't drink the cup. They just dip the bread. Every there's weird. I mean, weird sure. stuff in communion. But yeah, anytime someone takes the cup, you got to be ready. Right. For it. I grew up. I grew up with the shot glass method of communion. Yeah. Me, you, yeah. You and the me both. Individual right. serving. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean I know what you mean. You mean the shot glass of like wine or grape? Yeah, yeah I grew up with the literal shot glass. Right. It was full of whiskey, and that was I was doing communion all wrong for the first <laughs> thirty years of my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I'm talking about bringing this up just to kind of preface this this episode with Evie is that um, we had a Catholic priest that did our funerals, and Father Father Grogan, um, and he was always if I. If somebody said, "Who who's your, you have a spiritual leader, I'd be like, oh, Father Grogan. I'll see him in six months when somebody dies, and he'll give me the, where have you been, you need to change your life speech, and there we go. So to me, that was my pastoral relationship until until yeah. changing my life and then going to the gathering. And then you know, I've always been friends with uh, the two Matts, um, but the, I have a, a you know, not to make you feel weird, but I, I, I value our relationship. I think it's very special and I, you've been there through all the important events in our life. So, um, maybe that's why I'm, uh, abnormally uh, connected to you. Um, not a, I don't think I'm a stalker yet, but, (laughs) but I, I I mean, they say go to your pastor with some problems. So, uh, I mean, it's a Tuesday night and I'm getting ready to, you know, mother somebody off the road and I text Evie. Was this a good idea or not? You know, it's a great pastoral care these days. At least you're not showing up right. on my doorstep. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just a text. It might be a really long text or, mm-hmm. or multiple texts explaining all of the situation, but at least it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm there for it. And, and I appreciate you. it. And, <laughs> and I hope that continues. So for those 
listening, Evie has accepted a a a pretty big position, but unfortunately, it's on the other side of the state of Missouri, um, where the Super Bowl champions reside in Kansas City. It's a great so, city, <laughs> Missouri, yeah. Kansas City, Missouri. yeah, right. Not the not the Kansas side, but um, and and she called us to tell us this, and um. It was really just a, a ball fest with her and Ashley on the phone, and I was cutting an <laughs> onion, so I had some. My eyes were watering a little bit, but we're really excited for you and your family. I think it's awesome, and I know I'm really mostly excited for the for the people of that congregation in Kansas City uh, because they're getting a, a real winner and a, a leader and a a pastor that talks to, to talk, but also walks the walk and then times times infinite number a number this year just um you do that and that's i think why i've gravitated towards you so much so we're super excited for you guys what's the name of the church again for yeah it's uh, it's platt woods platt p-l-a-t-t-e woods united and kansas city's not that far away so um she didn't uh, quite escape (laughs) <laughs> not just me and Ashley. I think there's a there's a there's a there's a group of us. Um, I'm pretty that... sure she could have talked to her Clayton site staff into going across the state. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> I didn't try, but no. I mean, and your texts will Absolutely. still reach yeah. me in Kansas. And I do send long texts because a... I feel I need to, you know, I need to explain. And uh, you know, if you can't tell, I'm a wordy. You know what? Yeah. So I appreciate. Pondoff's text because they're always like paragraphs. You know, he does the space between the yeah. paragraphs. Yeah. Well punctuated. Yeah. You you know everything you need to know yeah. in the text, which is really helpful because other people yeah. are super cryptic yeah. and they leave out all the details. But one text from Chris and it's like, You yeah, get it? No, I, and you just I make understand. sure that Zeke doesn't read it. <laughs> right. Learn some new words. <laughs> yeah, so Evie, um, yeah, I, I want to start, and uh, and I know you had said earlier this isn't the fun part for you, but I want to start with your your story. Um, it can be as sh- short or as long as you want it, but it's important, and you're gonna be you'd be surprised, and you'd be surprised what because you're a you're a pretty special person. Not everybody has done and and traveled the road you've traveled. In fact, uh, such a sm- in my particular social circle, I don't know many people that have even thought about sacrificing time and energy into some of the things you've done freaking globally for in the name of, of Jesus and just love and people. So that's it is important. And if and now I'm gonna listen to Ashley and shut the fuck up and let you Pardon my French. We're Italian. Evie's also Italian, so don't let it fool you that she can't drop a f bomb, uh, a couple swear words. So, yeah, if you could, um, <laughs> where are you from, Evie? Where? How did how did it all get started? And, and... Yeah, sure. Gosh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm so I'm actually St. Louis born. So you know that is important. I think. Um, so I, yeah, I was born here, but I grew up 
mostly in Texas. My dad got transferred when I was five. So I started kindergarten in Texas all the way through high school. So North Texas, Arlington, um, home of the Dallas Cowboys, now home of the Dallas Cowboys. So lived through the glory mm-hmm. years in the 90s. And really, that was a, that was a special time. It has not been very special since. But um, <clears throat> so that's kind of home. My parents still live there. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of Texas in me, too. Um, but then after high school, I, so I, the reason I say I'm, it's not a very interesting story is, <laughs> I mean, it's my story, so it's, it's fine. But, um, yeah, I grew up in the church. I grew up in, um, like generation upon generation of, um, church people and not just like go to church people, uh, church leaders, pastors, missionaries, seminary professors. Yeah. I mean, this was like my... <laughs> my lineage kind of on both sides. Um, so it's pretty entrenched in it. And, and unlike some who kind of, if you grow up in, in a real churchy tradition, sometimes you take a minute to step away in college, like you kind of go off and do your thing and sometimes find your way back. Sometimes don't, I, I never did. I never, um, that just wasn't part of it for me. I think from an early age, I, I felt a sense of God's spirit in my life. Like I just, I, I don't know how to explain it. It just wasn't, faith wasn't something I ever had to wrestle. I, I have had to wrestle with it. I don't want to say it that way, but um, I just, I just knew God was real and I knew God had a purpose for all of us and um, wanted to know what that was for my own life. So, and I think a lot of that was because I had seen people in my family um, kind of to your point, like, make choices about their lives and follow a path in life that didn't, that was outside of the ordinary that, um, that called them to give something up or to sacrifice. Um, so, so yeah, so from a really young age, I had a sense that I wanted to, um, I wanted to be a missionary. I felt like God was calling me into something outside of this world that I know, you know, my, my North Texas, uh, white kid upbringing, suburban life. Did you, and, uh, <clears throat> so I had did, to I just going to, did you did you Can't carry you. a six shooter down there? Okay, I did not. That might have been stereotypical, <laughs> right? Well, Your dad I did. Mean, so, like my my family is my family's Midwestern. Okay. I just happened to like <laughs> grow up in it. so it's all yeah. Um, anyhow, so that so I uh, I felt a really clear sense, and and this is what I name as my call story. You kind of mentioned that in your in your note earlier. Um, through, through a period of praying and a really special time, I won't go into all the details, but I really felt a sense um, from God. I, I was having an existential moment and I was asking God in prayer, like, what do you want me to do? And I meant like with my whole life, I was wow. 15. What do you want me to do, God? Like, what's what's the plan here? Because um, I'll, I'll do it. And so it's kind of a, yeah, yeah. I, I'll talk about that in a minute because I think it's important. But, um, and I immediately, I didn't expect to hear have an answer. It was just kind of like a, you know, I'm just going to pray about this. Who knows what that means? Um, but I immediately had a response. I heard a, I heard a voice, an audible voice speak to me and say, Evie, I want you to go. <laughs> that was, that was the <laughs> sentence. Uh, this, is a, this is a really clear voice and a really weird thing. Terrifying. It's it, it, um, it my first reaction. Yeah. Well, you would think, but it actually wasn't. It was hmm. very like just affirm. It was like this. Yeah, it was other otherworldly, but it was also like very much in my world and moment, um, and kind of peaceful. 
and uh, I just like had a piece in my gut, and I said, um, so then yeah, I right, talked obviously. back because you know, brilliant. Um, I was like, great. Where do you want me to go, God? <laughs> um, okay. And, and another, a second response came and said, "Where is not important right now. I just want you always to be ready to go." That, like, see, that was. That, I think that that's what I meant by terrifying. That's a that's a that's a quite a yeah. <laughs> a marching order. The marching order <laughs> itself is terrifying. Right. Go, okay. Right. right. That's wow. Um, so, so I, so it sounds really strange um, to talk about hearing voices, and and I haven't haven't again. That's kind of like the one defining moment. I do feel like being fifteen has something to do with it. I think young people um, are just so like still open, <laughs> still open to the possibility that um, God is at work, like in every moment of our lives. And so you you have a different. You're not jaded yet, you know. You've got. Yeah. You're just in a different place. So like with youth, with young people, I just, I'm always really sensitive that they're still being Mm -hmm. spiritually formed um, and that they are, they're open to, um, to directing their lives in a certain way that maybe a 25, 35, 45 year old isn't. Um, So yeah, so that was kind of like my, my beacon, my guiding light then for the rest, for the next, gosh, 10 years um, and, and beyond obviously, but so that, that call, um, I immediately interpreted as like, go into the world, like go overseas, go somewhere adventurous. And, and I kind of did yeah. that. Um, so went, went to college, met my husband, but we didn't get married right away because I wanted to go and, you know, fulfill this calling. I thought I, I, I wanted to serve in missions or be a missionary. Um, I've always had a really deep interest and passion for people who are um, not like me, people who are different, people... Uh, cultures that are different. I've wanted to understand places in the world that just see the world differently and see God differently. So that took me um, a couple places. It took me to the Philippines where I taught uh, grade school. Um, took me to Mozambique for a couple of years where I worked with children in impoverished communities. Um, I still do work in Mozambique, as you know, through our church now, providing clean water for those uh, communities that don't have it, those kinds of things. So um that, that drive to always be ready to go and also just a, a love for people. Like the world is so much more interesting because of the people who are in it, right? Like it's not, I don't make it interesting. Other people <laughs> make it interesting. <laughs> so it's just, um, I, yeah, that's always kind of been what, what has guided me. Um, ultimately then, I mean, it took me to really far away places like the Philippines and Mozambique and, and others, but um, it also brought me back to St. Louis and it took me to Springfield, Missouri, and now it's taking me to Kansas city, Missouri. So that, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I have measured my life and, and kind of my willingness to be open to, um, where I feel like God wants yep. to use me next, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's not always easy. In fact, this, this may be the hardest time, uh, that I've had to wrestle with it, but, um, yeah, that's I don't know. Yo, you, you, question very well. This is. <laughs> I always I always feel like when people ask me to tell my story, it's a fairly rambling story. This was more of a truncated version of it, but I think the rambling is also part of the story. Like it's, I've never had a, a vision of a straight line. I've never had a clear idea of what I wanted to be. I never wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know how I, today. I don't know how that happened. Um, but it's it's kind of just taking the next the next step in faith i think is is what it is it doesn't always seem to make sense but mm-hmm. then looking back it it does well 
what what I love about it, it we had a conversation um it was just randomly after or before a, ch- a church service a couple months ago where you know the the people some of my friends some of the people that I uh I don't know if I I ha- maybe indirectly have some influence on them just by um we always say in AA and, and a, a a girl we had on who's um doing so great in AA and helping people set attraction rather than promotion and I think that is the way that I try to it, because it because mm-hmm. religion and and Jesus gets so polarized um especially now online it I it's a sensitive subject for some reason out of the gate religion always can be so that's my mm-hmm. my motto with which it, and maybe and I pray that I have a little bit of influence for for the good on anybody that I come into contact with I I would affect leave them positive not negative right um I don't succeed at that by any means I just try sometimes and um I had a conversation with some friends and they had a real they have real struggles with you know the the science versus the bible right and I remember having a conversation with you after church, and I said, one of my friends wants to know about, like, did Noah's Ark really happen? And and then we had a great conversation, and you explained to me that, you know, you have your, your, your brain, um, you know, and then in your heart, right? And, and like, and in, and in your, like, and in your gut, like, the feeling, and, and when you were, I've never had an audible voice um like you experience but i i hear god often in my gut not with my ears and i mean almost too <laughs> i heard, <clears throat> i've heard i learned how to <clears throat> excuse me i've learned how to i think in my 20s to to avoid that and and mat and, and not yeah. listen boy i yeah. wish i would have <laughs> <laughs> on a lot of occasions, but now with your how I've learned to really lean into that. And when we talk mm-hmm. about a call, when I say people like me, when they hear back you know, before I kind of tried to have a transformative change, right? We talked about that last week. Change my life for the people like us are like, well, what do you mean you had a call? Like that's, they, they kind of make fun. And I used to do that. Like, what the fuck is somebody talking about? They had a call. We talk, Jeff and I talked about it on one episode. And it's funny when you, you say something like that. And then God's like, I'll fucking show you a call here. You, yeah. Here, hold my beard. <laughs> yeah. Here, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Hold my beard. That's so funny. Like here, go to rehab, you smart ass. And then I'll show you a call. And I'm telling you, it, it's usually, I mean, I, all of my lessons um, in, in with Jesus have been through humility of constantly being humbled. <laughs> I mean, on a daily basis sometimes. But when you say your call, it's, it's, it's so powerful to me now because I know, what, I know what the fuck that means. And I get it. Yeah. And I'm trying yeah. to sh- t- show yeah. the people, be the rubber, where the rubber meets the road to the, to the folks that are listening that are so... Whether they are the one at rock bottom or they know a lot of people listen because they know somebody there and they're trying to bring somebody to listen. Like this, yeah, this is real life stuff, and and that's that is what we 
mean when you when you hear this call and and you and you actually listen to it um mm. yeah. and that's the powerful part well, and, there's, and there's no there's no everyone god is calling to each of us like there's no person it doesn't have to be a special story it doesn't have to be ministry like how boring is that really not boring um, <laughs> but there's like god has a a call for each one of us you know like in, in scripture there there are these images of like the shepherd right like it's all throughout scripture and the shepherd the sheep can't see they don't see the shepherd that's not how they know who the shepherd is they know the shepherd's voice shepherd is calling all of the sheep it's not just one and even the sheep that have like wandered off outside the pen or they're on the edge of the cliff or they're sick or the, i mean they're the shepherd is calling to all of them and that i think that's so critical for for people to to grasp onto even if you don't believe to at least um that the is wants something we need us right um and like like you said just um you just crackled just a little <laughs> bit, but uh, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I just think for every, for every person to know that God is calling out, calling to them out of love first and foremost. And then, and then with a purpose, then with a, Hey, you know, I gave you life on this person. You're uniquely gifted to do with it. Um, whether it's a simple choice of how you're going to interact with a person that day um, differently than you did before, or whether it's a job change or whether it's a, um, you know, a commitment to, to, to be sober. All of those things are, are God calling us into something. Um, so it's not, it's not just a few. I, I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad all. you said that because isn't the shepherd in the Bible. This is me being, you know, Bible less than one Oh one. Okay. Um, Bible, like oh nine seven class, yeah, yeah. The, the Isn't the shepherd Bible, representative Bible. of the shepherd in 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 biblical times was a pretty ordinary guy, ordinary person? Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. In in you know, I mean, the, <laughs> early Palestine. Yeah, it's just it was kind of a um fairly low low class ordinary job. Yeah, yeah. And often in the in, in the Bible the people that God calls in the stories, um, all the stories, you know, there's, it's usually an ordinary guy, a guy or, or ordinary woman that needs, and, and, and it's so represented because a lot of us think, well, that I can't do that. That's that, that's a special person. Right. And it's right. No, you're, it's, it's <laughs> the broken people. And this, I think this is why I became a pastor, honestly, is because of the story, because because we are all in the Bible. The Bible seems really obtuse and really unapproachable sure. sometimes, um, but it's a story about ordinary people and an extraordinary God. You're absolutely right, and all of us are in there. And when you start unpacking the story and the, um, the ordinary <laughs> sheep <laughs> and the people who are being asked to do great things, it's it's just us. It's just us, and. So it's it might seem like an irrelevant story or an old story, but it's totally not. <laughs> I think that's well, what I love about it. It's been easy for me because I've had a uh, and and and, I, and you're I think you're to me you're anything but ordinary, but 
of a very special woman reading the deciphering that stuff for us so we're gonna we're gonna miss you at at and and we'll get to that but yeah, that's always been helpful for me is to have somebody and 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 that's one thing I've always appreciated about about the gathering is that um you know it, the the message is is you know completely scripturally based if I said that right um but it's it, it you you guys have such a knack at 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 make at making it easy to understand in everyday life because for some of us, it's hard to to really put ourselves, you know, in 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 time ourselves back to biblical times. So it's, but it's it is the same stuff. I mean, it's 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 amazing how timeless and still relevant. That's yeah, and people question all the time. I don't get it, but I um yeah, humans don't uh, change that much, really. That's that's funny. Yep. Yeah. I um, I in in your since since you you, you said that you never saw yourself maybe becoming a a pastor um, but since you have been um, I I know you deal with people all the time and and people's problems. I mean, I've been the one to bring them to you, and it's um. I mean, you guys are. <clears throat> way underpaid therapists not that therapists make a whole lot of money and i don't and i don't know the structure maybe you guys get paid I, it's, but that's how i think of it sometimes and it's not fair but so but thank you and it, <laughs> it's you know it's, it's on a commission basis the more people i help the more i get paid yeah right that's, no it's not uh, <laughs> well maybe and maybe maybe when you get a long time from now when you when you get in heaven that uh, maybe that you'll get some commission you deserve it maybe maybe there's a bonus <laughs> Be nice. or something yeah uh-huh we'll, we'll see <laughs> the reason i i say that is because i'm sure you've come across more than more than just me um on on some really brutal topics way more brutal than um as brutal as addiction or any you know you do end the life stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's crazy. It just the, the things that get brought to your lap and and to not lose sometimes lose faith. Um, mm-hmm. But more what I wanted to ask you about in this episode, and it was our audience is an addiction, mental health, um, and people looking to find maybe hopefully a new way maybe through Jesus and and turning their life over uh to the best they can but i imagine you've seen the awful side of addiction and what it does to families and friends of and how it's a disease of not just the addict same thing with mental health but also on the flip side maybe this is why you are who you are you maybe seen some real triumphs um over hmm. and and I, I i know not without getting into specifics I, I was wanting you to touch on that a little bit if you could yeah i know you guys have yeah. a confidentiality thing I, sure 
<laughs> oh, Crap. right. No, I wouldn't um, wouldn't breach any of that. But gosh, no, I think there's, you know, it's interesting that you say we're therapists because um, we're, we're actually not. But... You're not? <laughs> Oops. No, no. I mean, we're, we're listeners. We're pastors. And, but I mean, to be clear, I, I am not qualified <laughs> or credentialed or professionally licensed to um, provide therapy or counseling. But there, so there's a distinction between like therapy and pastoral counseling. Like I can, I am equipped and trained to, to listen, to listen spiritually, um, to, and to be able to figure out like when I've kind of Abs- capped out. 100% why like, I'm asking. Yeah. So I can, in conversations with people, um, I, it can become clear within one conversation or sometimes three. And usually three is kind of the cutoff. Like if we've had three in that conversation, I realize, hey, this, we need some more resources here because I am not equipped. And that's important to be able to know, like, okay, I, I can no longer <laughs> provide you with everything you need. Um, but it is a great, what I love about those pastoral conversations is you can, a person can feel comfortable coming to me and talking maybe more so than they would going to a counselor or a therapist just for whatever stigma. Is sure, yeah, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. There shouldn't be, but there maybe still is. And um, so, so a pastor can, can kind of be that first point of contact or that in-between person that's just going to listen non-judgmentally and hear who you are and where you are. Um, and then, and then determine what's next. Like, I think that's, that's just really important because again, it is, um, my hope is, and my approach always is non-judgmental. Um, the world is going to come at it from that standpoint. Um, so you want to, you want to find a safe space, but, but yeah, I, I just try to hear where people, if, if a person is feeling vulnerable and broken enough to want to come to me and talk about it, like that's just a really sacred, a sacred space that has to be held carefully. Um, and so some really, uh, beautiful moments have happened there where um i mean everything from like you're talking about addiction um a person admitting addiction to me maybe for the first time and obviously i'm not like that can't be where it stops because i cannot <laughs> uh single-handedly help a person break that pattern but i can certainly um walk alongside and help resource them um i've seen those i've seen um you know um marriages people whose mm-hmm. marriages are broken um they've maybe there's been infidelity on one side or both sides and um trying to to walk them through that and and pro- again provide like prayer and spiritual support because i think that's important it's, but it's not the only thing so sometimes i'm just the first point of contact for <clears throat> um for people in financial trouble for people in um mental health trouble in addiction trouble and i um I, I think it's important, and, and I know AA does this, but one of the first things is acknowledging that there's something bigger out there that you got to get a hold of or that's got to get a hold of you <laughs> before any changes can happen. Um, and so as a pastor, I've, I've learned that I kind of represent that to people, uh, whether <laughs> I want that responsibility or not. Um, there's that. It's just that first step of, okay, I got to I gotta do something. I got to talk to someone. I need help. And um, just gosh, it's humbling. It's humbling to be the person sitting in that chair. And it's, it usually yeah. catches you off guard. Like it, when I have an office, like people would just come in the office and be like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, right. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, this is, 
this is bigger than just you know the internet's not working today or um you know I, which is a big which is a problem <laughs> that, that can um, be a problem uh, yeah yeah so gosh I'm, now I'm, I'm just kind of rambling again but um i yeah i think there's what i what i have seen what i've seen when people um, especially struggling with with addiction um whether it's whether it's at rock bottom that unfortunately i don't i'm not usually the person that's there at rock bottom um and i and i'm not because people who are at rock bottom don't want to come to church they don't right. think there's a place for them um and, and that <laughs> is saddening to me um, i understand it i completely understand it because the church has not been a place it has not been a judgment-free zone and it's not been a place of grace right because the only thing that it should be so it breaks my heart um but the so so i'm not often the person that is is uh sought out at that point um but when people are um are struggling are are trying are in recovery um are making their way out of that uh that darkness the thing that i've seen and the success stories and the beauty of god making that transformation is is that it doesn't happen to that person by themselves and so when i get to see it when it's happening it's happening in the church and it's happening because um a person yes has made a determination to turn it around but they do it with a pastor and they do it with a therapist and they do it with um, a community of people who are calling them and <laughs> and they're on them and they're they're helping them every step along the way especially mm -hmm. on the hard days um like that's, I just, anyone out there who's, who is trying to do it alone or who thinks they're going to do it alone. I, I want you, I want you to have community. You, you've got to find people. And I hope that can be a church for you because we're resourced. We are, right. we have resources to help and we know how to refer people and where to send you. And we don't just send you and then leave you alone. Um, we want you as a part of our community, even if you don't have it figured out, even if your life is Mm -hmm. shit right now um we want you there because <laughs> we need you right we need you to remember what god can do man sorry now i'm crying why am i crying <laughs> um i just think it's it's so powerful for not only what god can do in a person's life who is hurting and feels broken but what what that person can do for the whole community it, like when you talk about being called, did you ever think you might be called to change a whole community because, um, because they get to care for you and help you? Right? It, it changes everyone. It changes everyone. You're, you're, no, I'm you're, again, you're amazing, <laughs> and and I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have written up those words better. And I really hope that. They're 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 gonna hit some ears and, and I really I, and I think that will resonate. I, I couldn't have written it up better um, because we we've talked often about the church has hurt a lot of people um, as a whole. The, the I guess it's the, you guys say at the capital C right the big yeah right the the church yeah the big, big C church. <laughs> I, I I can tell you that those rightful um, you know if you're if you're apprehensive to to trying out the the Jesus way, the church way, and you have and you're apprehensive about <clears throat> because of uh, things that you've heard or personally been hurt by of, of the church, there's 
I can tell you that's not the case at the church that Evie has has left and is is move and it won't be the case where she's going. I I can I I can I can guarantee you that because if I know which I know Evie pretty well that ain't going to be the how it how it goes down at, at old Platwoods. Uh you will be cared for um and loved no matter who you are and what you what your problems are and I can I'm like I want to like just put my face up to this camera on zoom and like scream that because I know it's 100% accurate that if you feel that you would never be at home at a church that's not the case wherever she is where and and it's not the case at the church that she helped uh bring to where it's at now and um and we would you know I give her my word that we won't let it become and then not to mention it's not even mine but I mean the the guy <laughs> that runs the show is not going to let it ha- that's this not how it works so um right and right go and I think I, I mean I don't you know there's there's a network of people represented just right here on this podcast on the Zoom call like anyone who is who reaches out to you if they don't live in St. Mm-hmm. Louis or Kansas City there's more than two churches you know that that provide community and um and support for people um but I mean, I'm always happy to do the research because I know how to do that. So I, anyone who needs help, we can we can find a place for you. Find a you touched you. on the AA thing about realizing that there's a this thing's bigger than than us as an individual. And what people what, what I tell people is they don't realize how liberating it is to realize you don't have to fucking do it alone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. can you imagine doing this alone? I can't. It, what a impossible task um, yeah. to to do, and, and people think it's just the hard stuff. But would you imagine if you want to do it alone, would you want to do the good stuff alone? It, it, it's not it's yeah. not a possible task. So when you when you finally realize that, and and, and it doesn't just apply to to alcoholism and addiction, it it, it applies to loneliness, to depression. Uh, um, yeah. just by calling a pastor and making that step and sitting down and having a conversation, it makes you feel better as a person just by doing that step. Uh, I, I've talked to, I've, I've kind of screamed this at the top of a mountain. You know, there's, I know a lot of people that have had to go to two, three, or four different therapists to find the right one for them. And it's not that therapist one, two, and three were bad. It just didn't, wasn't a good mesh. But the process doing that, it makes yourself feel better. It, it that you're that you're fighting back the enemy and that you're reaching out to people and and it helps yeah. when you when you start doing that you start realizing I, you know what I'm not alone. There are people that will that can help me. And um, I think loneliness is the root of uh, so much rock bottom shit. It it kills people. I mean, it's the, I don't know, one of the deadliest diseases out there. I don't have any numbers or anything, but I'm sure it's up there if you if you really trace back what's why people are broken. Um, and I think it's, yeah. a, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I think people, there is real loneliness. I know that, um, especially somebody that is longing for a relationship and, and can't find the right person or somebody that's been widowed after 
you know, uh, X amount of time. That's real, and that we can help with that too. But or God can help with that too. I should, is what I mean. <laughs> but a lot of times, the, the loneliness, people that are wrestling with loneliness, it's it's not it's not sh- true. There are people out there. You, and and that's what we're trying to shatter. It's a stig. It's a myth. Um, and just by reaching out to to a spiritual leader, um, a therapist, a doctor, even I told people to call their because doctors can help. There are people out there that can help, and that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my personal recovery journey. And it's been. At the very, at the very foundation of it, when when human beings let you down, you still have, you still have Jesus, and you're not alone ever when you really lean in, when you lean into Him. And um, so there's a bug flying around, a pecker net as we called it Saturday night. It's like God, sorry. So you're right. So you're not alone. <laughs> well there. done. I'm not. <laughs> Evie, I I don't think you could have said it any better, um, and I, you know, I don't know um, how to thank you enough for for coming on and and telling your story because it is important, and, and then what you were just saying about the role that you find yourself in, and how it could be, yeah, I'm sure it's an honor. Um, like you said, when people trust in you, but it's also a tough task. We, we know that try to take it easy on you if we can, but you are a, uh, a special person and, um, and, and God's one of God's like true warriors. And it's been an honor to have you as our pastor. I, and this might, you know, I, I wasn't gonna say. I don't mean to sound crude here. Usually, I'm just gonna say that. But when yeah, you're right. That's always a good preface. So I don't. There, I used to in a different life run around with some broken females, um, maybe like one I think of in particular in relationship because I was broken and we kind of flocked together. Once I got sober, and I mean, let's just let the cat out of the bag. You know, there's. You should go to like questionable, you know, strip clubs, things like that. Um, blah blah blah. I'm not trying to mutter it so you don't hear, but you need to because when I got sober and I I, I met you and I I I just like felt that the depth of the love you have. Um, uh, and and I and I will say especially for 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 women that have endured. Um, and endured yeah. some really brutal, like horrific shit that has probably led them to to do like things like you know selling their bodies or or and and, and shit that it, it, I a guy like a broken guy in my past used to flock to it, it when I got sober and and I. I and I don't even know if I'm articulating this well, but I always was, I, I would like picture a girl that I knew that was a broken and, and suffered horrific abuse and 
and ended up where she was at her that stage in her life um drugs alcohol and and sex and i excelling her body and i always said man how the fuck do i get this girl in the in the same room with with evie because i I, like I always, I just like she needs a hug. She they these girls need a hug from a woman like you. And I, I it's always been a strong. I used to go to Fridays on Mon, on Monday nights, and I would text you sometimes leaving because I was trying to help people. And um, driving from Belleville to St. Louis, you kind of go past the the exits to where some of those. Uh, those places are and I would all, always have in the back of my mind like how this this vision of like you knocking down the door in one of those clubs and like swooping up all those broken girls that are hurting so much and and hugging them and I, I, I got to figure out how to get they need a they need they need a my prayer is that they they come across you or a woman like you that would just fucking love them and um and let them know that it's going to be okay because not all it's, you can never say all, but most of them come from, uh, especially the one that I was involved with, um, was involved with some horrific, uh, abuse that led her to doing what she, she did. And that, and it's just, it's, it's really heartbreaking. And the thought of them girls like her or never finding a person like you that can care and love and, almost you know, mother them. I don't know. It just, that's, that's my prayer for, for them. And I always think of you because you are the, the, the model for me of, a of, a I don't know, matriarchal woman that just loves to love and would cry with them and let them know that it's going to be okay with not You've done that with me. And I'm, I mean, I know how you are about, about a women that have been, that have been shit on and if Platwoods doesn't yeah. work out, you and I will just go start kicking down strip clubs doors. And I, you've got, you're convicting me because it's, I mean, you're totally right. What should, what expectations should the church ever have that, that those women or anyone in this situation? Hold on, hold on. Like, I think you're church you're just breaking up. This is super important. Okay. Cool. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Why is it the expectation of the church that people come through our doors before we help them? Like, the church is not in the right place. The church it's a moment of conviction. You're convicting me. It's this vision. It's a maybe. It's a call. I don't know. I you guys, you're right. Like, I I can't. I'm obviously not going to say names, but she's not going to go to church. And I right. understand why. I, I, right. is, and and just using to represent the women that are that are suffering from addiction. That the only way they can feed the addiction is selling their body. And and because there's, you know, people like there are where I used to be yeah. that don't even think about it being an issue. And and it's how we how, how we got to get to them. Um, and just at the very least, and not beat them over the head with Bibles, like, and, and t- turn them into nuns or turn anyone into that. That's not what you did with me. I didn't, 
I'm not uh, I'm not a a, a a monk in a you know living in peacefully and not harming a I'm an imperfect. Yes, you're still you, and that's a work in progress. As I'm often reminded by you and Miyafi, um, and and Fulmer, and anybody else that's been in clerical position at the church. But I don't know. I just that's been that was probably my first when I when I would go to that when I'd go to Friday just to sit and meet people where they were, if they had a drinking problem or a mental health deal that they're not going to come to me. I got to go there. You the one who told me that, and I'm not telling putting this on you. I'm just saying that I have, I, I just know that the, that, that a leader, a person like you with, with the heart that you have, um, I pray that somehow there's a path that gets crossed because, um, I just, I just, I just know your, your warmth. I know your, your fierceness and protection, protecting, um, especially when it comes to, to women that have been, been, uh, abused and hurt. Um, you've, yeah. you've been there for my, for Ashley. Ashley's, you know, just loves you to death and I just know it. And I don't know, it's, I'm not trying to make it all poetic, but it's, it's it's something I've always thought of um, when it comes to your gifts and your heart. And you do it every day to people that come into one of these days. I'm going to just get a bus. We're going to go. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to say, here, I'm not going to I'm not going to pay you for what you think. I'm, I'm going to pay you to get on the bus. We're going to go check out Platwoods and we'll let you get your feet wet there before I bring <laughs> Bring in another. I've already brought one party bus to your church. I don't. Uh huh. Yes, you have. My bachelor yes, party. Have. It, it did. It turned out well. And I, yeah. I, some of the guys, uh, I think, paid attention to. Believe it or not. Well, now I was the one rambling, but um, Jet. No, that's. I really that means a lot. I, you know, there's a. I don't know if you know this, maybe you do. There's an image in scripture of Jesus as a mother hen gathering her children under her wings. Like it's a scriptural image that we just don't talk about. But like, that's what I was thinking of the whole time you were talking is that even if like, if paths never crossed, that there's just this image and this hope out there of, of Jesus as like, if you, if you're comfortable, that's all no, yeah, but just that, like, I mean, mother hens are fierce. They protect those chicks under their wings. And that's like, that's the image that God gives us of, of God's love for us. And that's it. I, that's I, I didn't even know that saying. image. So, and that's exactly. Yeah. We need a mother uh-huh. hen bus. We're just going to go. That could be, we could, we'll, we'll do it. Okay. We'll, we'll make it a point. We got to. Okay. okay. I, um. well, thanks a lot. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm great, man. <laughs> um, are you? Have you forgiven Evie for the um, her final sermon she gave that was filmed on five or six different locations? That was the most creative thing I got to do through this entire uh, pandemic. So forgiven. I didn't he, even have. I didn't hold a grudge. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. To and, and Evie, I'll verify. He said that to me. He because we were talking about. Um, having you on and we've been trying to you know get you on for 27 episodes and 
Jeff Jeff was like, that was actually a a, a lot of fun. Yeah. But Evie had told me not to throw you both under the bus. Evie was like, I felt so bad because it started, what did it start raining or something on like the middle of the, the last, last take? Yeah. <laughs> we had to do that one like three times. We had to hike all the way uh, up yeah. our hill because they shut off parking. Carrying so all the like, gear I mean, up there. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was an awesome sermon. Um, and it was your last one here, but we're, it won't be the work. Thanks. Maskey can know this. I'm going to be tuning in to Platwoods quite a bit too. Great, that's great. You can't get. Do too you much know that um, Matt uh, Matt Miofsky's son Caleb? Uh, his quote was, "Evie's by far the best pastor at the gathering. Way better than my dad." <laughs> that's a. Oh, when did he? Not, when did he say that? He didn't say that. He said that a, um, <laughs> around a bunch of people. We were getting Charlie out of well. I say out of you know the kids ministry area at Clayton, he yeah. he was jumping on the piano, but um, it wasn't. But yeah, Caleb definitely said that out loud, and um, I'm I don't it wasn't it wasn't under confidentiality agreement. I'm not breaking <laughs> shit. That's the quote on the back of your book, Evie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's gonna yeah, yeah Caleb Miofsky. Um, hard for preachers kids my kids are going to think i'm the worst pastor too not worse but they're just they're going to have another favorite pastor you That's- you <laughs> i think i don't know uh, i think zeke mike i think laz is going to be a, a a loyal zeke's zeke might give you a give you a run for your money a little bit sometimes i don't know i could have that off like, um that could be. That could well be. <laughs> we're, we're to say we're going to miss you is an understatement um, Ashley, I was going to have her jump on this to talk to you, but she said she would just it would it's just not going to be it wouldn't be good. She'd ugly cry and all that. <laughs> I'll be crying and it will. <laughs> the yeah, it could get messy. The the good news for for me, bad news for you is that um, I might be doing some work in Kansas City here in, in the next uh, in def, you know starting pretty soon, so. We'll have to get some barbecue together, even though I know barbecue is not your favorite thing. I can I can eat barbecue though. Well, your mission out there is to find I don't I don't know Kansas City that well, so find the the best Italian joint so we can go there. Um, but but like I said at the beginning, I mean that the connection that 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 I have that our family has to you is probably unhealthy and weird, but but we just we. We will. We love you like a, a member of our family. You, you were there for us the entire time we were fostering a child. And there's no way that personally, and I think I'm speaking fairly for Ash. There's no way that I could foster a, a child, a a traumatized um, child, with that had been taken um separated from his mother for reasons that uh, no no there's no judging it just happened the child uh, it's a traumatized baby to 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 do that without without i couldn't have done it without you um i couldn't have done it without god there's it's just too hard of a task it's it's it can it, it was a brutal at times um wiping tears and and trying to 
to to love unconditionally, which not trying to doing, but knowing that that it could end any moment that you don't have no control over this kid, but every you have all the responsibilities but zero the control. So talk about feeling helpless and needing to to lean on someone. And you were there every step of the way for Ashley and I. In fact, um, just what was it two weekends ago? You you baptized him, and and it was I was got more more emotional than I thought a little baptism would be. I've seen hundreds of them, but never had one for my own son. And just picturing his journey um, under your your mother hen wings, like. I don't know, man. I'm starting to get fucked up here. Um, that's why I, the connection's so strong. You did our wedding. You prayed for for us in a courtroom, which sometimes <laughs> there is that it feels that it doesn't have much spirituality to it. It's probably you know. I remember asking the judge, and she, but because I was going in there assuming it could have been an issue, and the judge was like, "Are you crazy? Yeah, absolutely. Please pray over this courtroom." So Evie did, and, and we have yeah. a great picture of it, and and then just full circle. So um, you're is a part of Charlie's tribe for forever, and uh, he's going to miss the boys. So we're going to make sure we have to get them together often. So. Thank you so much. I'm, I don't even know what to say. I don't even, like when I think about I it's such a gift to, um, to walk alongside people. Like that's part of this, part of this journey, right? Um, and my role is to, you get to step into those really special and really difficult moments in people's lives. Um, and to have gotten to do that with, with you, with your family, um, so consistently in just a short time, really. I mean, four years, it's not that long. And, um, yeah, it's, gosh, it's humbling. And I, the, the feeling of gratitude is mutual. So, thank well, you. I won't, I won't make you unless you want, I mean, do you want to say, a, do you want to pray us out? No. Oh, yeah. We pray. <laughs> You don't usually pray. I say, don't let you us just pray. Say, like, if you say a quick prayer, yeah. then I'll say, let us pray. How about we do that? Is that all right? Or am I putting you on a spot? Isn't that oh, yeah. I'll say, like, let us pray. You say, say a prayer, and then Jeff will cut it with the with the pretty music. That sounds good. Oh, good. You'll get okay. That okay. I'm glad we got that straightened you know, out. Like you, like, you pastors really like oh, prayer. Good. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah, okay. This is fun. All right. So, so everybody, thanks for listening. Um if you need someone to help save your life, go to Platwoods Church in Kansas City and I'm sending them all your way. Um, but still tie that together. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Let us pray for real this time. God, you are um, you're a mother hen. You, your love for us is so encompassing um, that we cannot even imagine it. And yet, uh, when we step into it, we feel it, we know it, we, um, we can sense it. And I just pray uh, your wings to spread over every person listening here today, whatever their story, um, whatever their, their circumstance, uh, whether they are struggling today or whether they're strong today, 
um, help them to know that you are there, you are with them, and that you um, have called up a whole community of people to care for them if they will step into it. Um, challenge those of us who are the church to to go to remember uh, where your love is needed, not just to sit comfortable in our pews, but to um, to go and to, to seek out those who need love and those who are lonely. Your grace and your love are bigger than we can comprehend, and uh, we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Evie. We love you. Me too. If you're struggling or know someone that is, please, please have them check out our podcast and reach out to Chris or me. We want to listen, and we're super eager to help. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. 